Hello and welcome to the Unadorned Word. My name is Rosie G and I'm speaking to you from the beautiful Gold Coast in Australia. This is a Bible reading podcast that seeks to read scripture as clearly, simply and plainly as possible. It's also my devotion time. As a Christian, that daily time with God is so necessary, but not always easy to find. So that whatever you are doing, driving, exercising, working, relaxing, you can have the Word of God permeating your mind and heart. If you enjoy the podcast, please go to iTunes and leave a review and that will help us get the word out. You can leave messages, thoughts and prayer requests on our website or on our Facebook page. So many times in my life and in the lives of others, God has spoken through his word. And through simple, regular reading or listening to scripture, a verse or a passage will be highlighted by the Holy Spirit and from that moment it will be real to you. And you will know that God will bring this to pass in your life. So let's begin today's life-changing word. And don't forget, if God reveals himself to you or gives you a word and it helps you live your life in some way, let me know. I would love to hear your stories. Today we're reading from Matthew 27 and 28, final chapters of Matthew, and following this we're going to spend a week in the Psalms, and I'm reading from the World English Bible, it's a public domain translation and you can find it at ebible.org. Matthew 27 Now, when morning had come, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him up to Pontius Pilate the governor. Then Judas, who betrayed him, when he saw that Jesus was condemned, felt remorse and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I betrayed innocent blood. But they said, What is that to us? You see to it. He threw down the pieces of silver in the sanctuary and departed. He went away and hanged himself. The chief priests took the pieces of silver and said, It's not lawful to put them into the treasury, since it is the price of blood. They took counsel and bought the potter's field with them to bury strangers in. Therefore, that field was called the field of blood to this day. And then that which was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled, saying, They took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him upon whom a price had been set, upon whom some of the children of Israel priced, and they gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus said to him, So you say. When he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate said to him, Don't you hear how many things they testify against you? He gave him no answer, not even one word, so that the governor marveled greatly. Now, at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release to the multitude one prisoner whom they desired. They had then a notable prisoner called Barabbas. When therefore they were gathered together, Pilate said to them, Who do you want me to release to you, Barabbas 
or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that because of envy they had delivered him up. While he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have nothing to do with that righteous man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the multitudes to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. But the governor answered them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, What then shall I do to Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. But the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out exceedingly, saying, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that nothing was being gained, but rather that a disturbance was starting, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this righteous person. You see to it. All the people answered, May his blood be on us and on our children. And then he released to them Barabbas. But Jesus he flogged and delivered to be crucified. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison together against him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They braided a crown of thorns and put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they knelt before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! They spat on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. When they had mocked him, they took the robe off him and put his clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. As they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, and they compelled him to go with them that he might carry the cross. When they came to a place called Golgotha, that is to say the place of a skull, they gave him sour wine to drink mixed with gall. When he had tasted it, he would not drink. When they had crucified him, they divided his clothing amongst them, casting lots, and they sat and watched him there. They set up over his head the accusation against him written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then there were two robbers crucified with him, one on his right hand and one on his left. Those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from that cross. Likewise the chief priests, also mocking with the scribes, the Pharisees and the elders, said, He saved others, but he can't save himself. If he is the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross now, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God, let God deliver him now, if he wants him. For he said, I am the Son of God. The robbers also who were crucified with him cast on him the same reproach. Now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of them who stood there, when they heard it, said, This man is calling Elijah. 
Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him a drink. The rest said, Let him be, let's see whether Elijah comes to save him. Jesus cried again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. The veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. The tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered into the holy city and appeared to many. The centurion and those who were with him watching Jesus, when they saw the earthquake and the things that were done, feared exceedingly, saying, Truly this was the Son of God. Many women were there, watching from afar, who had followed Jesus from Galilee, serving him. Amongst them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. When evening had come, a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself was a disciple of Jesus, came. This man went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Then Pilate commanded the body to be given up. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone against the door of the tomb and departed. Mary Magdalene was there, and the other Mary, sitting opposite the tomb. Now on the next day, which was the day after the preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees were gathered to, together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember what that deceiver said while he was still alive. After three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest perhaps his disciples come at night and steal him away and tell the people, He is risen from the dead, and the last deception will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard. Go and make it as secure as you can. So they went with the guard and made the tomb secure, sealing the stone. Matthew chapter 28 Now, after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. There was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from the sky and came and rolled away the stone from the door and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. The angel answered the woman, don't be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen just like he said. Come, see the place where the Lord was lying. Go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead, and behold, he goes before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. They departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. As they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! They came and took hold of his, they came and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go, tell my brothers that they should go into Galilee 
and there they will see me. Now, while they were going, some of the guards came into the city and told the chief priests all the things that had happened. When they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave a large amount of silver to the soldiers, saying, Say that his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. If this comes to the governor's ears, we will persuade him and make you free of worry. So they took the money and did as they were told. This saying was spread abroad amongst the Jews and continues until today. But the eleven disciples went into Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had sent them. When they saw him, they bowed down to him, but some doubted. Jesus came to them and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I commanded you. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. You are listening to the Unadorned Word, and we've just finished reading the Gospel of Matthew. So much in these last two chapters. So many prophecies fulfilled. Our key verse today, Matthew 28, verse 19. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So much in this chapter. Judas and his remorse and his suicide. Pilate and his opportunity to remove himself from this situation. Pilate and his opportunity to remove himself from this situation. So much fulfilled prophecy. The crucifixion followed by the resurrection. Something that had been talked about. The priests, the scribes, the elders, they knew about the resurrection. They knew that Jesus had said he would rise in three days and they wanted to make sure that that didn't happen. Well, they didn't believe it would happen, did they? But they wanted to make sure that no one would believe that it would happen. But Jesus had come to earth for this very purpose. Jesus had come to lay down his life that we might live. And he'd taken the twelve and he'd discipled them so that when he left, they could take his message, his message of love and forgiveness, his message of peace, of restoration, his message of living in the kingdom of heaven with changed hearts. He'd taken his disciples and he had taught them and he had lived life with them alongside him that they might know his heart, that they might know his life, that they might know who he was and what he did, that they might take that knowledge, that life-changing knowledge, and pass it on to the next generation and the next and the next and so on until it comes down to us. Discipling is more than teaching or training. I can teach maths, I can pass on a skill, but there is nothing of myself in that. A good teacher will always give something of themselves in their teaching, but it's still a skill that can be learned. I had twins, and when the twins were three, 
we got a dog and we brought home this beautiful little puppy dog and two three-year-olds they adored this dog and they ran after it and they got hold of it and one has the head and one has the tail and we went oh we have to get another dog baby's coming too in this household they both need something to chase so my husband raced out quickly went back to where we bought the puppy and got another dog and so we had two dogs for two children that can bring a bit of chaos into a household so we had to train them and the one thing that we started with we trained them to wait for their food so we'd make them sit and they weren't allowed to touch that food bowl until we said go free we trained them discipleship is different to training Training imparts behavior. Teaching gives skill. Training imparts behavior. But neither of them are discipleship. Discipleship is on a deeper level. Discipleship is a way of life. Discipleship brings a change deep in our psyche. Within the essential person, it changes who we are. Discipling always comes through relationship and when we disciple there's really only one way to do it and that's living life alongside one another learning and growing from one another when we disciple someone we share our lives with them teaching the command of Jesus what are the commands of Jesus love God and love one another and we've just heard another one go Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Discipleship is an ongoing process. Discipleship is an ongoing process. I am being discipled. I am looking to those who are ahead of me. I have my peers who are being discipled alongside me and that's where lots of my friendships are and then I have those that I am discipling those that I am those that I'm te- those that I'm teaching to obey the commands of Jesus in true Christian discipleship there is a picture of the church because in the church I am discipled and I disciple I am surrounded by people, I am listening to teaching, I am taking part in things, I am being trained, I have friendships that encourage me and lift me up and I disciple those, those that are coming in, those that are, that are struggling with life issues, teaching them and training them to, to obey everything that Jesus has commanded us. So my question for you today is, who are you discipling? And who is discipling you? And my challenge for you, if, if there is, um, if your life is full and you are being discipled and you are discipling and that's great, keep on with it. If not, my challenge to you today is look. Look to those who can disciple you and get in their presence, live life alongside them learn from them and go and do what they do and if you're not discipling anyone look there are people everywhere who want to know about Jesus who want their life to change go and find them and make disciples
Thank you for listening to The Unadorned Word. I appreciate your time so much. Don't forget to join us again on Monday for the next passage from this life-changing book. Above all, be blessed. Remember today that the love of Jesus is towards you every minute of this amazing day.